Hello and welcome to the 500 Mile Podcast. Back from our early retirement from last season, we have returned, we are alive, and we are ready to talk about everything that happened this weekend in Daytona. As always, I am Justin Cole alongside Michael Skinner. Michael, we saw some racing here at Daytona. You ready to get into it? Absolutely. All right. Well, I guess we'll start off with the uh, with the Arca series. I guess probably one of the most talked about um, things of all weekend. Frankie Muniz, Malcolm in the Middle, did a uh, his first Arca race. And Michael, I got to be honest with you, I was expecting not to have a lot of high hopes for him, but uh, he impressed me. He surprised me, and he had a really good run. He did get involved in an incident that wasn't really his fault, but I mean, in the pack, he seemed pretty good. Yeah, I think uh, I think that car ran pretty good. Uh, I, you know, a funny fact is he he actually qualified one spot ahead of being exactly in the middle of the field. So had he qualified one spot, one spot worse, he'd have been Malcolm in the middle of the field. He was in the (laughs) middle at one point, though. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, I I think I think Frankie is going to do uh, well. Um, He's not in race winning equipment. I don't even know if he's in top 10 equipment. I think being able to run somewhere near the top 10, sneak out of top 10 every once in a while, I think it'll be a good run for that car. Uh, man, Arca is kind of just a hit or miss thing anyways. I think I think everybody tunes in to watch Daytona just because it's more comical than anything. But uh, it is it is fun to watch. They do do some strange things like spinning out under yellow and then almost beaching it yeah well um yeah good run for frankie well uh i'm excited to see how he does in the you know the rest of the season he's got a full season lined up in that 30 car so um obviously daytona is daytona we get into the i don't even know their next race but um i'm sure it's gonna be a short track or something of that nature so have to see how he does the rest of the season gonna be interesting to watch and uh see how he develops in the car so uh want to also point out obviously the big stories of daytona jimmy johnson travis pastrana you can throw connor daly in there as well we had a pretty stacked open car field for daytona it was nice it was refreshing to see um was excited for jimmy excited for travis i didn't expect a lot out of travis i think he probably surprised us both michael and yep. um you know i wasn't expecting a ton out of jimmy either but kind of came back in that you know the typical jimmy johnson form not really how he left he seemed uh he seemed to come up when the time was right. He put himself in good positions and just kind of got involved in a victim victim of circumstance there at the end. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> honestly, I want to say that I'm surprised that Travis ran as well as he did. Uh, but I kind of expect him with all the things that he does. Uh, you know, he ran really well, but it's, it's nice to see him in good equipment. Uh, you know, when he ran for Roush, that 60 car they were just awful um you know the 60 car through the next couple of years was so bad that it literally just deleted the program uh so i don't think that yeah, really had a that lot program to do, it did win a championship it, that is true it is true not, not with but travis also, but but it also became a meme this is very true this is very <laughs> so, true so um that's super exciting uh, i'm so glad you know when i looked at the entry list I picked my my people who I wanted to make the 500. Um, 
and the people that made it are the exact people who who I wanted. So I was happy. Uh, I'm glad that everything happened right to, to have Connor Daly in it, just because I think that is a big moment for for the sport. Uh, it's a lot bigger news to have somebody like Connor Daly in the field than it is, you know, Zane Smith, right? Zane Smith, he's going to have his, his shot for, you know, the rest of his career. This might be Connor Daly's only chance at it, regardless if it was in a, a good car or not. Um, but I do want to kind of lead into that sentiment with something that I think is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and I'll get your opinion on it. But how is it possible that for our biggest race of the year, we don't have practice before and we let somebody that's only driven an xfinity car and somebody that's only driven on a road course in a car we let them on a racetrack to qualify i don't know if you guys listen to the dale jr down the which i'm sure you do the guy travis Estrada was doing going through gears in a parking lot to get experience what are we doing we are the highest level of professional motorsports in america that we say we are how is that possible like that's so stupid like it's just i don't know what your opinion on is we need to get over ourselves about the saving money crap no other series is doing it it doesn't i i don't care what people magically think that it makes racing any better it's ridiculous. Let can we just go back to having practice, getting cars that run well, getting cars that don't blow up, getting cars that don't hump the ground coming out of pit road. I thought I was watching F1 when that car was going down pit road. It's sitting there porpoising at like 30. Like that is ridiculous. It's an embarrassment to see that. <clears throat> and people want to blame the money team. Is the money team the most prepared? No. Was it a last-minute deal? Yes. But they have professional people on there. They have NASCAR Cup Series winning crew chiefs on there. I'm sure that they know what they're doing, but when they don't get any practice and can't afford all the machines and all that that the top-tier Cup teams have, the only people you're actually hurting are the lower-budget teams with no practice. So the whole bullshit of saving money, all that crap, that's stupid. But get that out, that's dumb. Yeah, I uh, I mean that it spoke for itself on what was qualifying on yeah Wednesday. I listen. I get you're trying to save teams money by not running practice. Just if if you're gonna keep the two group practice and you're already gonna run forty minutes twenty for each session, just have an hour practice. Teams that don't want to run practice, the teams that don't want to you know spend those monies for tires, they won't run. Just have the track open for an hour. It's not that hard. Just open it up for an hour. Teams will do what they want. Close it out. Then run qualifying. I don't care. But you got to give the teams more time than that. And especially for the biggest race, when you have guys that, one, hadn't been in that next-gen car. No, most of those guys had not been in that next-gen car for an even start. And like you said, Travis was having to do launch practice in a parking lot. Like, and then you have guys like the 13 and the 50 who 50 didn't get even out there to to make the lap, but the 13 didn't even get a chance to shake the car down and had to coast around for five minutes around the track because there was some issues with the car that could have gotten dialed in in a practice session, but instead NASCAR decided that they wanted to save teams money by cutting out that practice session until, what, Friday, Saturday? 
Uh, and, and and like four cars are in on Saturday. I just I completely just don't understand. <clears throat> I understand the money part. That's fine. You don't want to be there all week. Most teams are there on Friday anyways. Run a practice Friday, run a practice Saturday, and then let's go fucking race. But the fact that can we like let the let the teams come up with setups? I guarantee you that the race will be better if we have teams that can set up their car. Some cars will be short run cars. Some some cars will be long run cars. Those will be set up differently throughout practice. Right now, we're literally just going, you know, into it these these races with forty minutes directly into qualifying. Then we're starting on the qualifying tires. At some point in time, we have to say enough is enough and say we need practice for the show. Fans don't want to go for just one day, right? It used to be a whole week thing. Go to the go to the truck race, go to practice, go to the Xfinity race, go to qualifying. Qualifying is pointless. Why do I want a car runner? Why do I want to watch a car run around at just race speed? That's not qualifying. Qualifying is taping that thing as much as you can, putting it in qualifying setting and watching that thing freaking soar. Right? Like take us back to a time when Ryan Newman's sitting there beating people by three four tens and then his car drives like shit on sunday that's what i want i want a car that's fast really really fast for two laps i want to see that i want to see them crash i want to see them put it on the line you know i want to see them go out there and give everything to qualify and we just we don't have that anymore i i don't at this point in time i don't even care about qualifying because there's no point yeah well said you know, I, I I want the NASCAR experience. I don't want a video game experience where I can just say, okay, I'm going to skip practice. Skip, <laughs> skip, race, crash, 15 cars, reset. <laughs> you know? I, yeah. All right. That's my TED Talk on, on practice. Good stuff. Well, going to stick with Daytona here, and then we'll move on into talking about this week and california um obviously the truck race they tried their best to uh get that in um i will say you know just to get it out of the way kudos for nascar just you know being extra cautious i'm sure that's not what a lot of people probably you included michael wanted to see you know a caution so often but i would have preferred them to call that you know just to be safe and not have another ordeal like we had last time um I like the chance. I like that, you know, they tried to dry the track. Obviously, it didn't work out, but I like the effort they gave. Um, and other than that, I mean, the truck race was uh, the truck race. People throwing stupid blocks still, and uh, it was still the truck series. The Craftsman truck series now, but still the truck series. And boy, did they get their point across with those banners. The only thing you could, especially when Fox loves to zoom in. At one point in time, the only thing you could see was Craftsman on the damn screen. You're looking at 15 trucks, and there's only Craftsman. Um, All right. One thing I do like about that, by the way, was that Craftsman deal of the race. Like, that was a legitimately good deal. That was like $50 off a, uh, what was it, a, it was like a drill in a compact or an impact driver, something like that. I don't know if you I saw it. it. I, during, I, I looked it up. Must have been during one of, the, one of the rain delays when I was playing PlayStation. I don't remember I, that. No, <laughs> Um, one thing that I actually thought was was pretty cool, though, is that uh, I know Xfinity did it uh, last year to where they separated, you know, drivers that were eligible and ineligible for points 
Uh, if you were el- eligible, you got red, and then full time. Yeah, full time. Yeah, ineligible, you got you got black, which I, I think is pretty cool. I think that uh, is an easy way to differentiate who is who. So I did think that was pretty cool. Uh, Very helpful. As far as the truck race, I felt like I felt like at some at one point in time NASCAR was just kind of like really proving a point, you know, like sending that message home. At one point in time, they tried going back green, and it was actually raining harder than when they called the caution originally. So, um, I love I love the truck race, especially at Daytona. Uh, they're always really crazy, and I think that they, I think now that they're actually the best series at at the restrictor plates. Um, you know, they're able to go three wide. They're able to push a little bit more than the other two series. They could be a little bit more aggressive. And, uh, but yeah, no, I appreciate, I appreciate NASCAR moving it up 20 minutes, um, to make sure that we just got in that second stage to go ahead and call it instead of saying, Hey, let's just move it tomorrow so we can have a full race. So I appreciate NASCAR on that one. That was a good, like four and a half hour, uh, of me watching of TV to see it end at, at half or not even, well, at least it's past halfway now. So I guess you get a little bit more racing. So I will say that did work in our favor. Um, but I, I think what I'm trying to trying to say is I kind of just wish that they would make the decision to say, Hey, we know it's going to rain. We are just going to push it back to tomorrow. Either that or say, Hey, we're going to try to get this thing to go green. This is our cutoff window. If we can't get the race started by 1 a.m., then we got to call it. Uh, I don't think that the way they handled it was very good. Excuse me. Um, we It reminded me of 08 Indianapolis. We ran 10 laps caution, ran 10 laps caution. Nobody got settled. I just don't think that ended up the way that anybody wanted it to. Um, but it is what it is. It's Florida. It rains. I just wish that NASCAR would kind of make that decision a little bit earlier. Because they, they knew it was going to rain, but, you know, the best they could do is 20 minutes. And I don't know what that was going to avoid because it literally started raining at the time of green flag. So they wanted to make sure that we got the pace laps in, you know, under non-rain, I guess. So, I guess so. But yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I I think that NASCAR could just make the decision. I think the fans would be a lot happier, too, uh, to just say, hey, you know, it's one o'clock. We know that it's going to start pouring at seven we're going to move it to tomorrow you can either and it gives you a lot more time to make plans if you are able to come back the next day foreshadowing for later but we'll see how nope, good of a decision they make on on that this week but we'll talk about that later um yeah i don't know did you have anything more to add about that no okay no well uh let's jump from the trucks and i guess just straight to the uh the Daytona 500. Um, Michael, was it a good race? I thought it was a really good race. Um, I thought it was one of the better restrictor plate races we've had. Not restrictor uh, plate. It's it's. Uh, I did okay. not realize that. By the way, tapered spacer race that has less horsepower. Is that what you want to call it? Or can we just call it restricted? Well, from what I understand, I thought Denny said on his podcast this week that they don't even have all that stuff. It's just this, the height of that spoiler that's slowing those cars down at this point. Um, 
I don't know that that is a good one. I I, I thought they were still at like five ten for the for the super speedways. Um, that'll be That's something that I heard him say that we can look up. Speaking of freaking spoiler sizes, holy spoiler, Batman! That Garage Fifty Six spoiler is freaking tall. Yeah. Oh my god! Not the side track, but that side profile. That thing is huge. Looks like friggin' Pinocchio. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I thought it was a good race. I know people want to see uh, the crashes. They want to see them run into each other. But I think for really until the last stage, we had a really good amount of cars still left. I thought the race was pretty good. I do wish that they were able to make more moves by themselves. Uh, you know, Denny brought up a good point. Once you were kind of stuck at 18th, you were kind of just there. Dale Jr. even said it. You can't go nowhere because you're two by two. Um, but I think overall, I think knowing those things, strategy became more important. Um, you know, who you were with, who you were around uh, made a little bit more importance. I mean, the the eight car uh, with your hat there, you know, he technically, I think, came from the back like three times. So it, it was doable. Uh, strategy worked out pit stops worked out i think it was a good way to kind of get away from the traditional crash bang and and smash type of stuff other than the than the last lap um one thing i i think dale jr brought up a really good point and it's not just because kyle would have won under this scenario i do honestly truly believe and agree with what he said that <clears throat> i think at places like super speedways uh <clears throat> atlanta whatever the hell that is we don't need green white checkers just let the race finish um i i i really didn't think of it that way until junior said it but and again this has nothing to do with the eight being the winner i know it's going to come off like that as but i didn't think about it until he said it how many cars would we have not destroyed had yep. that race just been done right go back to uh atlanta right Corey lajoy would have been the winner and that massive accident wouldn't have happened right where he destroyed 15 20 cars you know um i think at those places would save the team the money that they don't want to practice but i think it is kind of silly that all we do in those green white checkers is crash um that is the uh, the unfortunate part with that because I feel like that's exactly, and I could be wrong, but I feel like that's kind of what NASCAR is setting up for with those green white checkers, and that's kind of what they want, just based off of. I, I mean, it's just the, it's the stereotype with those tracks. That's what people tune in to see, and I feel like that's what, when they went away from the unlimited green or when they went to the unlimited green white checkers, I feel like that's what they were setting up for. And I think that's exactly what they knew was going to happen or knew what was going to happen. And that's what they plant for each time with those. I agree with you. I mean, it would save the team's money would save people, the the concussions and stuff like that. Um, obviously I would have liked it cause it, you know, Kyle would have won, but I mean, at the same time, the argument you're making is a very valid argument too. It's going to save the teams a lot more money because you know what's going to happen with those green white checkers. The drivers say it themselves; they're not lifting because you can't lift. Because if you lift, you're going straight to the back. So, I mean, what do you do? You know? Yeah, <clears throat> you know, I feel like I feel like with the green the green white checkers is 
NASCAR wants that big wreck, but they also kind of know that if that big wreck wreck can happen, they get that underdog type story. Um, You know, you had a green white checkered Austin Dillon wrecks the 10, right? Another wrecked race car, the Michael, the Michael McDowell situation, right? Look at all those wrecked race cars that we had on the white flag lap. Um, That was all caused by a green white checker. Same Mm -hmm. thing with um, Ryan Newman's accident, right? How different would he be looking at it had he died, right? And we come back and said, hey, we don't think that green-white checkers are a good idea at super speedways. Would it be a completely different argument? You know, so I don't think you can say by each situation, but I I agree with what, what Junior said. It's ridiculous because all we do is wreck race cars. Um, like, I, I don't remember how much, how much Denny said that, like, one race car was but it was like three hundred thousand dollars or something like that maybe yep. that maybe i think that's what he said that's what he said yep so that three hundred thousand dollar race car we can go probably run practice at probably 10 racetracks for the rest of the year for for three hundred thousand dollars that we just didn't destroy a car right the reason we don't run practice is to not wreck race cars but here we are doing green at checker to wreck race cars and at 195 plus miles an hour to kill somebody. It's stupid. Just throw the yellow, let it finish. Mile and a half, short track, even a road course, okay, that's fine. I'm cool with it. Because we're not just destroying race cars. But every time we go to Daytona, Talladega, and now Atlanta, all we do on a green white checkered is destroy 20 plus race cars at $300,000 pop. And we wonder why more teams don't want to be involved for full seasons. You create a charter system to where you are inviting these teams for, what is it, six times out of the year now we go to a super speedway? Yeah. I think, yeah, six times. Yep. Yep. Right? So what's 300,000 times six if you wreck six race cars at a super speedway? Because, like... Short answer, a lot of money. (laughs) I mean, that's I not to be morbid about this. I don't think anything changes until either someone gets seriously hurt or dies. I've probably made that comment before, and I will continue making it because I mean that's pretty much all you see with those green white checkers is people flat out not necessarily trying to kill people, but I mean it's essentially what you're doing with bumper cars at 200 miles an hour. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, you know, and you kind of go back <clears throat> to when super speedway racing was popular, right? It wasn't this crash bang ridiculous no. style that it was. The cars weren't three wide. They weren't hugging each other's doors by side drafting. You know, you go back and look at early 2000 super speedway racing. Cars were spread apart. Were they three wide? Yes, but they wanted to get a far, as far away from the car underneath them as possible. That's not the case now with, with side drafting and all that stuff. Accidents are going to happen. So why are we helping them wreck wreck race cars? That, I guess that's my point, you know. And I think that's Junior's point too. It, coming from a guy that owns race cars and did nothing but wreck four race cars at Daytona, <clears throat> just it's kind of silly. As much as we talk about saving the team's money, we literally could possibly cost a team during a green white checkered, you know, twelve one point two one point three million dollars if they wreck out in half the races at a super speedway. Like, that's so silly. 
Yeah. But yeah, we were talking about cost saving measures. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, you know, one, <laughs> this is going to be pretty funny. One thing they did introduce this uh, week was the driver's eye cam, which in practice is a very cool thing. F1 obviously kind of started it last year with the camera right next to the driver's eye and the helmet. Um, <laughs> the big topic of conversation with that, however, was when they started blurring the dashboards of the drivers, which, I mean, I, Michael, I don't know how you feel, and I don't know if this is a hot topic or not, but if the F1 teams over there don't care about, you know, what information is displayed on that screen, and they arguably have a lot more information that's displayed on that screen. I don't really understand what NASCAR could be putting on that screen that really matters. Water temps? Like, I mean, are, are we that at that point where it's that secretive? And, I mean, couldn't you see that before when it was on the driver's visor before anyways? Like, why all of a sudden do we now randomly care about that? Listen. <clears throat> okay. This This is my opinion, all right? So I Googled driver's eye camera okay mm -hmm. okay this is one of the examples right yeah are yeah. we fucking blurry in that shit <laughs> okay are we now all right um let's see let's see okay not blurry not oh look 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 here's another one look at that are we blurring it can you see let's let's let's, let's get in there look I, that's a that's a 90 Okay, I don't know what gauge that is, but it's oh, it's oil. You actually can read oil. Yeah, not blurred. So my point, my point is, uh, are we dumb? Like, are we? I swear that Fox hates us. Okay, I swear that Fox absolutely hates us. So first, we didn't run practice. So the first time we get to see this is during qualifying. And the fucking blur is half the goddamn screen. Yep. <laughs> You're just like... It was pretty um, impressive in qualifying, I'm not going to lie. You quite literally couldn't see anything. Like, you just look at it and you're like... I don't... You're, like, you're I don't, quite literally like, know. what am I looking at? Yeah. I'm like, uh, is something broken? <laughs> and then their explanation, all teams don't want you to see what water temp they're running. And I'm like... um, What? My favorite, though, is Chase Briscoe's they didn't have to blur because of the way he sat in the seat. But when he turned the wheel, you could still see the goddamn dash. I don't understand. Like, does Fox think we're fucking stupid? Like, do they think that we are just morons? Like, seriously, do they? It's a good question. Because I'm starting to think that they will, that they think whatever they tell us, we will believe. What's on that dash that we can't see? First off, and then second, what what are other? They have SMT data. They literally yeah. can see how your race car driver drives the racetrack. Are there like secret things on there that not every other team is probably already doing? That is so stupid. IndyCar doesn't do it. NASCAR didn't do it, and we've had and we've had digital dashes since uh, 2016, 2017 Now I yeah. think. That's my okay. main question. When that came up, like, why is this all of a sudden now a problem? It hadn't been a problem since the, what, six, seven years we've done this. Like, why all of a sudden now is it a hot topic issue? I don't understand. 
I don't understand. It wasn't even. Didn't they? Didn't they have it at the? Uh, well, no, I guess they didn't have the LA Coliseum, did they? No, they but didn't that's... have that camera. But I mean, it's the same <sighs> thing. They had the visor camera for the longest time. I can't remember I a time where they blurred that out because there wasn't no, anything to blur never. out. They never blurred it out ever. I don't understand what they're doing. Who does that? Who agrees to hey, we need to blur out our stuff. If you need to blur out your stuff from other teams and the fans, why? Are you yeah. really blurring it out for NASCAR? I don't. I just don't. I don't understand. That's so dumb. Um, you don't want to see what secret lap time you're running. I, I don't. Uh, okay, then. Okay, then don't put that information on the dashboard. That why does the driver have to have that secret information? Can't you see it? Aren't you plugged in? Don't you have telemetry? Like you say, the F1 teams don't do it, and they're the most technologically advanced motorsport. Yeah. You can if see they were anything. doing it, I could understand. But you can they see haven't. you can see whatever mode switch they flip into. Yeah. <laughs> what what ER ERS mode? That flip, 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 flip. Watch TV. You can become an F1 genius by watching TV. Yeah, no, I, that's that's so well, dumb. But on the topic of Fox, okay, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, really pissing me off this year. I'll let Already. you just go to go to town on this because I don't have anything to add. I have. I used to love Fox. I would hate when other when other networks would pick up NASCAR. Yep, I absolutely hate Fox. They are ridiculous. I used to love Mike Joy, but I'm pretty sure that Mike Joy would take a bullet for Fox at this point over just some dumbass shit. My first problem, I'm going to go back to the clash. I don't know who their sound person is, but he needs to be freaking fired. That dude couldn't line up a sound to save his life. They kept showing Bubba Wallace's end car, and the dude was full throttle mid-corner and then breaking at the start-finish line, right? Like hard breaking, okay? It was so bad that they had to cut away from it, but yet they couldn't figure it out for two straight days, right? So then I noticed it in the in the 500 too. When they did the stupid visor cam, not only were I, was I pissed off because it was blurry, I was pissed off because they still couldn't figure out how to match a goddamn sound. I, how? How are you a professional company? How? How do you produce the Super Bowl but it can't put a sound together with a car. How? Justin, I'm pretty sure you could do it. At home. I could. I, I, I don't understand. It's not, it, it cannot be that hard that a professional that gets paid a ton of money for a NASCAR broadcast is paid to fuck shit up so bad. Like, I don't know if I'm the only one that noticed it, which I know somebody else said it on Twitter as well about the sound, about how they messed it up so poorly. I don't know if you noticed it, Justin, but I noticed it in The Clash, and then again I noticed it in uh, uh, in the 500. And the only time I actually noticed it, because they're, they're full throttle most of the time, is when Ross Chastain is in the middle of a fucking accident, and the dude has it pinned. I think that's probably where I noticed it. Yeah, because I, I I noticed it. I didn't remember where it was, and I think it was in an accident of some sort. Yeah. It was, so uh... so then I actually went back and rewatched it. Every time that somebody entered pit road and they were on board, it wasn't correct. They were still full throttle halfway down pit road. And I'm just like, 
how how can we how can we as race fans say okay we're trying to build our sport we're trying to bring in new viewership when our when our people that broadcast us suck and don't care i'm sorry fox does not care about nascar at this point i i just cannot believe that they do no matter what mike joyce says whatever dumb shit he posts on twitter i have so much respect for that man he has been my childhood my adulthood that is the guy's voice that i think of when i when i in my head a nascar race plays is mike joyce but they have done such a poor job over the past five years that i cannot stand them yeah that's fair because i mean the uh you know the broadcast they've given out at least these past two or three years gives you the idea that they just simply don't care anymore because that's a conclusion i came to as well if you're just gonna put stuff out like that i get maybe a few times but when it's consistently bad it kind of it makes you start questioning it so yeah and then frustrating to say the least yeah and i think the big topic too is the commercials let me say this right here you can you can post online all you want about the amount of commercials are the same as 2001. I've seen the 2001 multiple times over. Um, I I haven't counted, but I'm telling you right now, it does not feel like there is that many commercials, and there's multiple reasons why. We see the same damn fuck commercial 25 times. I swear to God, if I see the same goddamn Liberty Mutual commercial where the guy fucking rollerblades into the fucking water, I'm going to go fucking jump in the water. Two, if you are going to front load the race, tell us that. How hard is that? Hey, this is our plan. We are going to front load with commercials for the first stage so that when we get down with 20 to go, we're going to go caution. We're going to go commercial free. Right? How much better as a fan, Justin, would that make you feel if they just explained that to you? It it's make not me feel hard. a lot better. Yeah, and I mean they've done that in the past. They've let us know that hey, we're doing yeah. this now, so we can get you these last twenty laps caution free or commercial let the free. Fans, sorry. Let the fans know, right? And NASCAR wants to compete with F one, but how can you compete with F one when F one broadcast gives you commercial free? Yes, I understand that the contract is different and. ESPN, ESPN doesn't really pay for F1. They just pay a million dollars for the streaming rights and then get paid by mothers to do commercial free. I understand that it's completely different. <clears throat> but in a world of streaming, right, how is it possible that every other sport that you have on ESPN, on Fox, on NBC, you pay for a streaming service, say Peacock, I watch Peacock when Supercross is on there, right? When they don't do it on TV, they just air it on Supercross. No commercials. And you know what? Glad I paid for it. Perfect. I don't complain, right? But somehow we have stage breaks, which we were told that, okay, stage breaks are going to help with this, help with this. And somehow we have, I feel like, less stage breaks during, or we have less commercials during the stage break, right? Because they want to see Pete Road. They want to talk to the driver. But then as soon as we go back green, five minutes commercial, right? And then we're showing side-by-sides during fucking caution. Oh my God, I thought I was going to erupt. It's it's just the way that they go about it. 
it honestly, as a race fan, it feels like we are not appreciated as race fans. They do not care about NASCAR. Right. And we are just an easy way for them to make money. Right. You're telling me that nobody said, hey, going to side by side now is not a good idea. You're, you're telling me that nobody said that. You're telling me that NASCAR is okay with one of their broadcast partners literally going side by side during a caution. And then after the caution, we run five laps and then go to a full fledged caution. You're telling me that they're okay with that. And if they are, then Denny Hammond is 100% correct. We need to take NASCAR for everything they have and find a different broadcast partner. It's, it's utterly ridiculous. It's not about the amount of commercials. You can tell me that it's the same. It's a fact that they they do dumb shit at dumb times. They make stupid excuses when every other motorsport either is caution free. They run, they run, uh, or they run uh, commercial free. They run nothing but side by sides, and they pick timely manners to have commercials. Why are we having more commercials during the green flag lap? Like we lost seventy eight laps. Well, it's almost half the race. Like, that's stupid. How many caution laps did we run? That's how many laps that we should have missed. Right? I'm sorry. That's how many laps we should have missed. Throw them on them. If we have to have a 10-minute fucking commercial break, do you know... Like, you run iRacing, right? I run iRacing. People who listen run iRacing. And I've been to Daytona. I don't know if you've been to Daytona for a 500, uh, for the 500 or the 400. Not a 500. Caution laps take forever. Yeah. Right? They're like triple the amount of time that a regular lap takes. Just do all of your commercials there for the next 20 minutes. I don't understand. Like, you know, like they're saying, oh, like, oh, uh, you know, football has timeout breaks. Okay. We have them too. They're called cautions. Just fit as many as you can in during a caution. And then let me watch the race. And then when you can't fit it in during a caution, run a side-by-side. I'm sorry, they make so many excuses about money, about this, about that. Okay? And if that's the case, then they can't afford NASCAR. They shouldn't be a broadcast partner. Because the only people that NASCAR and Fox are pissing off are the diehard fans that are watching. Not the people that are trying to be new because if you're a new fan trying to watch and you see a commercial every other 10 laps are you gonna watch you're clicking on exactly like it's just stupid the commercials suck like they're not good they're the same crappy ones we've seen all year i just foxes just piss me off i i don't know if nbc is gonna be any better but I just hope that when the deal is done for a new contract, I don't care if I have to pay $10 a month for a separate streaming service to to view commercial free. I will pay the $10 Yep. because I'm tired of seeing the bullshit nonsense that Fox has come up with. If we continue, if NASCAR continues to let the race teams run the fucking show, and blur out a dashboard that we have seen since 1960-something that has now some mythical magic number that nobody fucking gives a shit about. Just show me a non-fucking blurry picture. 
I, I don't want to look. It's like you're looking through 3D glasses at a normal TV screen. Why? I just, oh. You know what it reminded me of, seriously? Right? I'm a, I, I'm a VR guy. I use VR for iRacing. I don't know if you have, have you ever tried VR, Justin? Yeah, I was VR for quite a while. Okay. So, you know, if you look around, right, it has a sweet spot. It looks like every time I look down on the TV, I ran out of sweet spot. And I'm sitting here looking at blurry shit. And I'm over here trying to, like, fix my goggles. It's just, uh, it's a good idea. I like the driver cam. But I would rather go back to the helmet cam and not have blurry shit in, in, front, of the, in front of my TV. I want 4K. I don't want 4K and then whatever that is. That's an insult. I might as well just go back and fucking watch it off my toaster. Because I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, like like go back and watch a race from 2008, and you're like, holy shit, this thing was filmed on a fucking toaster. That's what I felt like I was watching when they started blurring half the screen out. Especially because we had no practice, so they didn't know how much they were blurring off. We lost like the bottom half of the half of the windshield. Oh, all right, all right. Let's move on before I I keep going because this this right. I could be here all day. It's a good rant. Good rant. I like it. <laughs> right. Got it. Got it all out of you. All right. Well, uh, we if can move on. If you do that shit again, we'll be here same time next week. I guarantee you. We'll have to see. I'm not gonna be able to see it this week because we're going to Auto Club. Uh, unfortunate news for some of you. Uh, weather forecast does not look good this week. Um, I'm gonna guarantee you by the well, unless they get it in at night, that Xfinity race is either getting run Sunday or Monday. Which, by the way, I have the day off so on Monday, so if they do postpone anything, I'm coming back the next day. Um, see, see, that's smart. Well, I did. I wasn't going to do it until a friend brought it up. He's like, well, are you going to go back Monday? I was like, well, I probably should <laughs> schedule that off. But, um, yeah, the forecast for Saturday looked absolutely atrocious, so um, don't put a lot of hope into that. That's what I was foreshadowing. We'll have to see if they do anything you know, regarding that schedule. Because I think they have it scheduled, and this is specific time, um, 2 o'clock is when that race is scheduled to start. And I looked at the forecast yesterday for that. Uh, it was 85% chance of rain. So we're uh, not looking great for that. Sunday's looking a little bit better. Not going to lie. It's looking a little bit better. But Saturday... What, what's, a, what's a little bit better here? What's, what's my percentage? And what time? Um, I think I saw like 30 or 40%. Um, just take a quick look. Oh, it's look. not so bad. I'm it's looking... Bad. I'll take that. Saturday at the moment... In. Uh, precip oh, precipitation has changed for Saturday to a hundred percent chance. So oh, that's, <laughs> that's great. Um, when, showing when, nine, nine or ten a.m. and this is Pacific time. Ten a.m. Okay. is showing ninety-eight percent chance. One o'clock, okay, and it's actually so it's actually gotten better. One o'clock, the race starts at two, so one o'clock showing seventy-seven percent chance, and closer to four, seventy-three percent chance. Seven o'clock is when it really tapers down to fifty-four percent. My concern with this, obviously the rain can stop, but that's a very old track. It retains water way too well, so you got weepers and shit. I don't know that we're going to get it in on Saturday. I would 100%. Oh, we, got those, we got the rain tires. No, that's for uh, short, smaller tracks. For short You're going to be going the same speed anyways. Slow. No, What's the difference? No, 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 no. Ah, um, come on. You know but, NASCAR just run that thing around under caution to get laps in the half wind. They'll be like, oh. That's called. I mean, I'm really hoping that they oh, just kind of delay it until the the night, honestly, because night racing there is just magical. And if this is the last time we're going there, 
fuck it. Just I want one last night race. I don't care if it's Cup, Xfinity. I, I want one more night race there because night racing there is a magic. Awesome. I don't know why they ever changed it. Um, I know they took it away from Labor Day weekend. Um, Which, by the way, that track should not have had two dates because as soon as they no. moved it to one, it, yeah. that was great. The one race that I remember going to there, uh, 2009, I know it rained and that finished under night, and that is a memory that sticks in my head to this day. Um, I just, think the racing the atmosphere is better there. there. Yeah. The racing is a little better at my time there. Um, I want to just point out the weather forecast, by the way, for Sunday. What time does it start? 3.30? So 12.30. Uh, actually, Sunday looks, I dare say, perfect at the moment. Um, that time that starts, 12.30, it's 15% chance of rain. So I don't have too much worry about Sunday now at this point, unless that changes. Um I've been monitoring this weather the whole week, but uh, yeah, I don't don't expect anything really for Saturday. So, oh, um, oh. I do want to just kind of go into a little, I guess I don't know, if it's a, a rant, but it's more just I'm I'm kind of concerned about Auto rant. Club at this point. Rant. It's rant. not it's not a rant. rant. It's more like I said, it's kind of fear concern about this place because we only got a official announcement about this reconfigure at the clash when they announced that there was going to be no race ran there in 2024. Um, I'm pretty concerned at this point because there has been no official announcement from NASCAR about what's going to happen to this track. All we have is a sort of unofficial announcement from auto club. I get the ads cause I'm from Southern California. I'm sure you don't get it, but I've seen a ton of ads about come visit the last time at the two mile oval here in auto club. And it's like, NASCAR hasn't even said anything about this, and they haven't even announced what we're reconfiguring to. So that puts a lot that, of concern in me. We got that picture. We got that picture on Twitter. That's it. NASCAR hasn't said anything official for a track that is a week away from getting demolished, pretty much. So that, It's just so stupid. It's <sighs> just scary to me because I'm going to be honest with you. This is the track that made me become a fan. It's kept me a fan, and it's the closest track that I have to home. And I love that place. I've been going there every year since 2013. Um, I think 2020, I started going to the Saturday races there once I had, you know, my own money um, in a way up there. But I love this place. I will continue to go to that place as long as they have it. But I kind of fear that I don't know if this place is coming back just because of the announce or I don't know if you've read Adam Stern's article, but the quote the NASCAR gave is they're evaluating their racing in Southern California as a whole, which when I heard that and the fact that there was no plan or blueprints from NASCAR officially kind of scared me a little bit because I, we know this place is getting demolished, but I don't know that we know what happens after that. It doesn't even sound like there is an official plan for a short track because I mean, there's been blueprints, but there hasn't been any, like I kept saying, no official announcement, no nothing from NASCAR. All we have is rumblings, and we had that blueprint, and I don't even, I think that was from last year. I don't even think we have anything relevant at this point. So, um, I love this place. I don't want it to go anywhere. I live a mile or an hour and a half from it, but I will go, I went up there middle of the year for track laps, and I got, what, six laps out of it? So, I love that place. I don't want anything to happen to it. I sure as hell don't want to lose it. I don't understand why we're really tearing it out or, you know, apart and reconfiguring it. I was telling you, 
they want to sell the land, sure. But, I mean, the racing you can get there, especially with this next-gen car, when these cars have horsepower, last year showed it. They could put a good race on there. And, I mean, we'll have to see what happens this year. But I have a feeling that race is going to be amazing. And there's so much more stuff that you can do if you're going to put money into that racetrack. Leave it the way it is. You can reconfigure that entire infield area the place out back for the the fans interact because let me be honest with you like i said i've been going there for 10 years that place is pretty outdated it's one of those tracks where if you go there with your cell phone you're probably not posting anything because a there's no wi-fi and b the cell service there is still non-existent i don't know if you remember michael the days when you went to racetracks and i guess it was all the radio frequencies and stuff with just no no internet no cell service for you it's still that way. Even with 5G and everything, it's still that way, unfortunately. So um, just the infield area itself is to is still... They have a, a little bush bar there. They have a, a stage that they have set up, and I guess they technically have a little infield go-kart track. Not infield, but in the, the place just behind the grandstands. There's not a whole lot left, or a whole lot more other than that. You know, you have your merchandise stuff, but there's really nothing other than that. So, I mean, you could have taken that money and put it into that, you know, revamp the the fan experience and stuff like that because it desperately needs it. It's stuck in the 2000s. So I'm just more concerned about that track and its future at this point, whether it still exists after, you know, this race. Um, all I can say is if there's nothing announced from tomorrow into next week about what's going to happen with that track, even after the race is over, I'm going to be very concerned because, again, that track is a core part of my childhood. I love that place, and it's going to be it's going to be scary and sad walking out of that track for the last time, not knowing if we're coming back here, what's going to happen to this track. So um, I have a lot of concerns about that place, and uh, I wish they wouldn't do anything to it. But like I said, it sounds like the land's already sold. So what happens to that place is in NASCAR's hands, and uh, I hope for the best at this point. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I sentiment with a lot of that thing, a lot of those things, uh, you know, that's kind of like how, how Daytona was for me. So uh, I can only imagine, you know, losing, losing that thing that, you know, has, has been uh, something you look forward to go to, you know, every year, uh, you know, a place where you know it better, uh, you know, you get to show people around because you've been there so many times, you know, exactly. you want to bring new people I, and you walk them around and all that stuff there was so many times you know back when i was in high school i used to my parents took me and they'd usually get an extra ticket i take friends up there there's so many experiences that i have i have friends coming with me to the saturday race i don't even know if they'll see but you know i've taken people there i've introduced them to nascar i've tried to introduce them to the sport that i love so much and that's just part of the experience there yeah you know and it has a has a big memory in my life you know there as well uh you know, I remember being, a, you know, being a kid and, and sitting up, uh, you know, on a late night, Sunday night, you know, in, in 2005 and, and watching Kyle win, uh, win the, well, what was it? The Sony HD 500. I think, I think it was at that point right. in time, yeah. um, you know, and, and so that place always hold, held a secret, you know, place in my heart. It's, it's probably one of my favorite races to watch. Uh, one of my favorite tracks on iRacing when, when, uh, when they're able to get multiple grooves going, um, man, it, it's, 
it's sad to see it go. Um, I, I wish, you know, Junior brought up a good point too. And, and, you know, I think this is, this is one of those things where I think that really kind of where, you know, NASCAR lost that leadership when, when uh, Dale Sr. died. I, I feel like if Junior wanted to, I feel like a lot of fans and a lot of drivers would be behind him to be, you know, maybe like an amb- ambassador for the sport, a speaker for the sport, because, you know, he brought up so many good things, uh, you know, on the download that, you know, it, NASCAR makes moves so slowly, right? Why are we losing California? Right. Why are we losing that racetrack? Because people wanted more short tracks. Right. L- l- if you go back, all right, let's see when win a bad race. The the races in the mid 20 thousands, right? 2009, 2010, 2008. I thought they were good racetracks, right? Some of them suffered from rain. 2011, we had a photo finish. Uh I don't remember 2012. I think that was it rained. Okay. Tony Stewart won. Okay. But 2013, you had the finish with Joey Logano and Denny Correct. Hamlin, which Kyle Busch stole it away. 2014. Yeah. Kyle Busch had... with a green-white checkered coming from, like, fifth with uh, new tires versus no and, and I think, uh, two tires with Tony and Kurt Busch, I think, on the front row. Yeah. Uh, and then 2015, Ky- Kurt Busch was probably going to win. Ky- or, and then Brad came with tires, stole it away. 2016, I'm pretty sure Jimmy Johnson did it in kind of the same style. The Superman um, card. Yeah. I remember that being such a big day with, you know, Dale and um, yeah. Jimmy running those like, schemes. The fact the fact that I'm not from California, right? I don't go to those races. I remember who won those races. I don't remember who won at Texas. I really don't remember who won at Texas this year. I, I really don't. I remember Kyle Busch won, I think, in like 2018. Uh, Tyler Reddick. Tyler, no, was it? Yeah, Tyler Reddick. But like the fact that year by year, I can remember from when, from just honestly when I can remember all the way back. I think Jimmy won, I think, in 09 and the Jimmy Donchin Foundation card. I think it is one of those years. um, But the fact that, that, we sit here and we remember those things means that it was a memorable finish, right? The problems really started is when we started doing a 550 package, right? When we started having too much downforce or too little downforce, right? We had a good happy medium and then the races started going downhill. The races weren't bad, right? The races weren't bad by any means. We saw some good races. And in fairness, if you go back, I think it was, what 20 2017 or 2018 you know martin truex like whip just fucking whipped the field i think he put like 17 seconds on him like it's an ass whipping okay you're gonna get that every once in 10 years exactly right right it was good yeah right you know you can't always hate when the best car wins i'm sorry it just happens it happens are we gonna take away we we, that means we should have gotten rid of the coke 600 when martin truex won it uh, what was 2016. it? 20, 2016. Then Kyle won it in 2017, 18. 2018. When he, when they both let all that laps off, oh, we had to get rid of the 600. They, they won by too much, right? It, it, it's ridiculous, but that's where it started going downhills when we started getting into that. Right. So then we go into the 550 package. Um, Kyle wins 200, which was a good race. Kyle sped like 
with like 70 laps left, drove through the field, got lucky, got a caution, ended up winning the race. You know, 2020 Alex Bowman just fucking destroyed everybody. And that was before the pandemic happened. Right. Race before and you. So like, it's not like the races were bad. I think where auto club failed are they had a rough stretch of races to where the winner won by a lot. And the drivers that won, fans don't like. And then two, just like you said, they never they never made a choice to update that racetrack. It's like when they lost two dates, they were like, okay, we're done trying. And arguably right? that's where they got better in terms of you know, Not, the actual you racing, know, but Daytona full renovation. You know, all these tra- all these other tracks are trying to make progress on that. Right. But the fact is that Roger Pinsky owns that racetrack. He did not make any efforts to make that racetrack better. Right. IndyCar, there's no reason IndyCar cannot be at California. Better amenities, better racing package, especially now. I think the car would be fantastic. Right. But instead, we blamed the racetrack. We blame the racetrack for all of the problems. We blamed, we somehow blamed good racing. And now we lost it. And now fans are like, oh shit. Now we remember all the good stuff that happened there. Look at all these replays of all these really good races, all these really good finishes. And now fans are like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, the only well, thing I can hope is that Sunday is an absolute spectacular race and everybody asks them to reverse course. I don't know if that's going to have any help with that. can only hope, like I said, it sounds like from everything that I see that that land is already sold. It's a done deal. But, I mean, I can only pray that that's not the case and we have a, a reversal. But, um, I mean, I guess we'll see. But I don't have my hopes very high, unfortunately. But, and I, think- I mean... I think I do want to say one more thing before before we close this out on 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 SoCal. The things that I'm worried about with us going to possibly a short track here is I love a good short track race. I got, love a good beating and banging. I used to love a good road course race. Now we have fifty thousand of them. Pretty soon we're just going to run short short tracks and road courses. Where are we going to see a car go fast? Oh, at a place where they crash and destroy $300,000 race cars on green, white checkers. That's going to be our three options of racetracks. Like, seriously. We're losing a place to where they used to enter the corner at like 210, 215. And there's a sign right at turn one. That told the driver, like, hey, you're going real fast, right? Like, we're losing that sense of speed that we want, right? I, I, I don't know if you've ever done it, but. I, I went to the Coke 600 in, like, uh, I think it was 11. And it was really before they started, like, mandating where you couldn't stand next to the fence. Man, I, I was there for qualifying. And <clears throat> I stood right into turn one. And those things were going so fast. Right? And they're doing 10 more. They used to be doing 10 more, 15 more mile an hour at California yep. doing that. Right? That's what we're losing, man. We're, we're losing that sense of speed. We're losing that, you know... We're we're destroying such a good racetrack for just dumb stuff. Why do we <clears throat> why do we want why did we want a short track 
that's gonna be repave. Like how much how much do we complain about the repave every year at the Coliseum? That it really doesn't have really good racing. The track surface is crappy. That's what we're gonna have for the first five, six years. I mean, look look at look at Michigan. It still has not become a good racetrack. And when was that repaved? 2012, I think. Sounds and it's right. still it's still a one groove racetrack. And I mean, to be fair about Auto Club, that was going to have to be repaved at some point. I I didn't think anywhere soon. Maybe you know four or five more years, you probably still could have got some good racing off that. That, but that that's not a secret. That that place had to get repaved at some point. I think they may have started talking about that around 2014 when people were blowing tires every 20 laps, but somehow they made it another 10. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's just going to be sad, man. That place, obviously you mentioned the 200th win for Kyle. That's my favorite memory of that place. Being able to, you know, be right in front of that. And, you know, it's just going to suck, man. It's just going to suck. I hope for the best with whatever they do moving forward with it. But, um, you know, they were starting to talk about some rumors about SoCal to fill that gap about, um, the clash, being a race there in 2024 i want to go right off the bat here and say no don't do that <laughs> because that clash let me just tell you as a person who's gone to both races there that is an extraordinary event in la but to make that a points race would be one of the dumbest things that nascar would have done ever as an event as just an exhibition race the atmosphere there the excitement you know everything they have there is perfect but if you throw points into the middle of that, that's where you lose me. Because then it just becomes a joke. It's already a joke with the racing. Like, we had a good race last year. And as Kyle said, and it kind of admitted, this race, is, or this the race we had this year, probably should have been what we got last year. But um, it's going to be 10 times worse than what we had this year if you add points into the middle of that. It's just, it's not, it's not going to be a good event. No. So don't, don't do that. Um, but the question that we did pose is, um, you know, should the clash stay or go in LA? I honestly think that two years there was a good run, but I don't think that we should stay there. Not because I hate the race in the LA Coliseum. I absolutely love the event, but we've experimented twice in a Coliseum stadium type environment. That's great. Now we know that we can definitely do it. So let's take that and kind of rotate it around. Where else can we take this to? Football stadiums, other stadiums, you know? Why can't we go shopping a little bit, see what works, you know? I If it comes back, I'm going to go again. I don't know that, you know, the people that I went with this year, my family's going to go, but I'm going to go back. I'll tell you that right now. But I kind of hope that it does not come back to L.A. Again, not because it wasn't a good event, but I want to see what else that we can do at this point with this format. Where else can we take this to? Not just in the United States, maybe globally. Where can we take this? And that's, I, I wanted I want it to move just because I, I want the excitement of where we're going next. Yeah, I actually, uh, you know, I actually have ideas I personally think would be a good idea. Uh, I agree that it was a good event. Uh, it tried you know, NASCAR had a reasoning for doing it. And I think that reasoning worked the first year. Um, and I think it kind of missed the mark the second year. I don't think it held um, what NASCAR was expecting it to. 
Uh, I don't know if it necessarily built the fan base, um, you know, or, or not. But you can, it's kind of, you know, you kind of look at it like it is a gimmick. Um, I think exactly the thing that I, I think the thing that I disliked about it is, you know, we want to, we're trying to get new, new race fans, right? We're trying to get new NASCAR fans. I think something like the Clash is the absolute worst thing that you can do to kind of go about that. NASCAR had good intentions. I think it became a good event, but you didn't see fast cars, okay? You didn't see the things that got us excited about being NASCAR fans, about being race fans. None of that is exhibited at the Coliseum. Is it an awesome event? Absolutely. I want to argue against you there real quick because no, it's not the same racing that you and I fell in love with, but you go there as not a race fan and just the environment that you have around you. I'm going to be honest with you, by the way, whiz this time, having whiz there this time, I didn't really enjoy that as much. Um, but that's just personal preference. That's not anything about what he did. Um, but just the whole environment, if you go there as a race fan, I feel like you're more looking forward to trying to tune in to the Daytona 500. Some some just went there, you know, because they live in L.A., it's close, it's a good time. But I do feel that there were some that were like, man, this is kind of cool. I want to see what happens in the next race. And, you know, that probably does carry on for a few weeks. You may lose some, but at least you have that race and you can get some eyes on the Daytona 500. Because they'll be like, man, this is kind of cool. I want to see what happens in this next race. So not saying it, you know. I agree. It, I agree. I agree with you, you It doesn't make but you fall I'm, in love with it, but I mean, it exactly it keeps, it keeps your attention where, on it. But that's where that race fan comes from is that immediate following. That's why you hook it. You hook them that way. You get them, but, you get but, them, you get them interested and then you make them come back. But that doesn't work. That doesn't work in, in, in oh, it the works. world we live in now. People have it, such small attention span. That's why I you do it that way. You, that, I that's exactly you, why you do it that way. No, but I guarantee you take that same race fan that went to the Coliseum, let him stand next to that fence as that car blows by at 200 miles an hour, and they're going to be like, holy shit, that's yes. awesome. And that's why you have the Coliseum, to softly introduce them to that. Because they go to that, they like that, but, they but continue to see. people showed up. Less people win. No, no, less no, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to stomp you right there at the less people showed up. That place was absolutely packed on Sunday. You but didn't see numbers, it in the stands? I don't no, care about the numbers. The numbers told us that it wasn't as full. The numbers okay. showed us that it wasn't as full. Not okay. as many people watching on TV. Okay. But it was still full. It was still relatively the, full. But there was the still a was, good amount of people there. But you the, just didn't I see agree. it until after halfway. I agree that the event is great. I'm not discrediting it is great. I don't agree that it is a good way to build the durable and long-lasting NASCAR fan base that NASCAR wanted. Did it get people to stick around for a few more races and maybe catch interest? Absolutely. I'm not I am not discrediting anything that you're saying. I 100% agree that the way you were describing it, I 100% agree that maybe it caught a couple of fans let me i i agree let me stop you here because i'm going to pose a question to you if the way we did it in the coliseum isn't the way that you'd recommend and we had been on such a spiraling 
downstream in terms of viewership and fans the past few years, what is your idea of trying to rekindle all of that? Because, I mean, they pretty much threw a dart at the wall with the Coliseum, and I would say at least the first year was a huge success. Second year, maybe not as much, but it still did the, it still achieved the same thing that they wanted to do. So if you don't think that's a good idea, what is your idea of you know, something to bring someone who knows nothing about auto racing into the sport and keep them there? Okay, so I kind of... Right, so why do... It, it, it's kind of like this, right? Why do people go skydiving, right? Why do people have that uh, that fascination? Why do people have the fascination of having a fast car, right? People are fascinated by adrenaline. They're fascinated by an adrenaline rush, right? Whether that's speed, whether that's sound, right? The thing speaking, that NASCAR, speaking of sound, by the way, I just want to go on this real quick. The mufflers did nothing to those cars. I, there were people freaking I, out about that. I'm gonna be dead honest with you. I'm gonna be dead honest with you. I couldn't. I questioned myself at first if those mufflers were on those cars. And I mean, all it did, all it did. I'm being completely honest with you. As a fan, all it did was it made it easier for me to go into my dad's ear, get right to it, and talk to him. Last year, I couldn't do that. This year, I could go in there. He could hear what I was saying. I will, I will actually have something to say with that, too. Okay, so in 2010, I was at a truck race at Daytona. I turned my head a just a different angle than I had turned it all other previous years of my life. And it just happened to hit, like, the right tone. And now I have ringing ears for the rest of my life. They'll yes. ring forever. Right? So... I am 100% taking that harshness away because that like that was like when they they were still messing. They were still, you know, messing with like the X pipes and all that stuff right around that time. Right. So those things were loud, especially the trucks. The trucks were the loudest things you ever could hear at Daytona. I don't know why. Maybe it's because they didn't have so much restriction on horsepower, but they were so loud. It literally it literally, you know, made my ears ring. Um. Like for the rest of my life, like I have to wear headphones because now like the cars are so loud that it pings in my ear with the ringing and it hurts. Like it physically hurts my head. So I am 100% for it. Um, You know, I should have been wearing headphones to begin with. That's my own stupidity. Right. Uh, But I 100% agree. It's a much safer thing to do. It didn't hurt the sound. All it did is, from my point of view, it seemed like it took down the harshness. Like it didn't have that super, it didn't have that super high range. Yes. But it also didn't have that super low range. Like it put it right in the middle to, I think, to where it sounded just fine. Still sounded like a race car. But I agree that it is a ridiculous argument. And I think it's a good idea. I'm sorry. I'm an I'm an I love NASCAR. I try to keep it as, as normal as possible. I want to go back to when they were loud as shit. Whatever. I think from personal experience, my ears ring. I wish my ears didn't ring. I don't get any peace ever. Like my head, my head rings at 24-7. Like I'm not I mean I'm not serious, right? Jesus. Coming from that, I wish that NASCAR would have done that 12 years ago. 
to save me, right? You know, I'm cool with it. I, I 100%, I'm fully supportive. I will argue with anybody to the death of it. Coming from somebody that has ear damage, I 100% support it. If they can't regulate fans wearing ear protection, but they can try to do their part to protect their fans, and I 100% am backing that. I don't care about the nonsense. This is a good idea. Of all the dumb shit they've done, this is actually a good idea. So to put a bow on that, it still sounds like a race car. It just hurts less to listen to. And for all you people making a big deal out of it, just it's okay. There's still race cars. They're still loud. All right. Anyways, that's all I have. Go ahead. Continue. If you can. Um, no, but I was saying it's like it's just that like adrenaline rush, right? It's that spark. We fell in love with racing because of sound, noise, smell, right? I remember, I, I still remember when I was when I was a kid, I went to a 125 race back when it was 125 to to let you know how old I am. Okay. 125, um, I think it was there was a Gatorade 125 back then. Mm-hmm. Um and I would go like Thursday afternoon. My mom would, you know, say I was sick. Let, let me go to let me go to Daytona. You know, we drove the drove Daytona, watched uh, watched the one twenty fives. I remember, and it still does it now. But I just remember the first time when they, you know, fired those things up and the grandstands rumbled. Yep. Right. Like those are the things that made me a race fan. Right. So. I think the only thing that you miss of the Coliseum, all of that, is just the speed aspect. That's it. I think if you add, if if you could make it a jumbo size, right? That's the whole I think problem. it would. I think it would have fit every criteria. Absolutely. Um. So my my opinion on that is, I don't think stadiums are a good idea. I don't think it works. Um, what I do think is pretty cool though, and I think is a good idea. You can you can argue with me if you don't. I love going overseas. I love having the exhibition race to start off the year somewhere in Europe. There, there's a thousand good racetracks over there that we can figure out how to make something work. I don't want it on a road course because they got tons of road course stuff over there. Sure do. But if we do run it on a road course every couple of years, I'm not gonna complain because. Some of the road courses over there are are amazing, legendary, right? So if we do, that's fine. But there's ovals over there as well, right? You have the Brazilian, uh, you know, NASCAR Brazilian series, whatever it is. Go to Brazil, run on one of their ovals, right? Uh, but I think what's a really good idea for when they do run it in the U.S., I love that we're going back to North Wilkesville. Yep. How about we go to some of the famous short tracks, right? You can put up a little bit of grandstands. You can put up, you know, what you need for some capacity. But kind of the same thing that I brought up when we were going to North Wilkesboro. It'll make it more of a commodity. That's something that is on demand that you want to go to, right? I would love to go to, um, you know, like New Smyrna Speedway. You know, I would love to go to where they run, you know, the All-American 400. You know, short tracks around the world, around the United States, that would put on fantastic racing, right? That run super late models that are high downforce, you know, 
right around the same horsepower cars as a cup car, right? And it puts on great racing, right? I think that's a good idea. Go to a different short track, right? Help save that. If you bring enough fans in there, that short track could pay for its year, right? We lose so many rate, so many of these racetracks, you know, to land development, things like that. If you brought a NASCAR Cup race every couple of years to that type of racetrack, it would save it for years. Yeah, right. No, you, and it take us back, point. take us back, take us back to our roots a little bit. It's a bigger, it's a bigger oval than the Coliseum, right? Um, and if you wanted to go back to the Coliseum every couple, every say five years, go back to the Coliseum. I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but let's move around. But the fact, number two, that I think is really difficult for these teams is we want to save them money, right? RFK missed the show twice, two years in a row. Yeah. So they drove all the way to California and then all the way back and didn't race for anything. Twice. Twice, right? How many times are they going to be willing to do something like that? Yeah. You know, uh, well, yeah, I, I, just, I just think it'd be cool to go see uh, – you know, a cup car where they race a snowball derby, you know, right, right here in Florida. I think they'd pack the house and probably have to add probably to 10 grandstands to it, you know? Um, but yeah, that, that's my opinion. I do. I love, I love going overseas, doing something different, uh, getting more people involved. I want them to go to uh, Canada to run on a road course, which I know I just said no road courses, but I'm okay with that one. Like a specific road course, or yes, yeah. okay, like that. We road all know course? what we all know what road course I'm talking about. Okay, all right. The I'm one that we sure. used to go to yep. that somehow disappeared, and we had really good races. True. Also had a lot of dumb finishes, but I mean, I guess you could go either way on that. They were good though. I mean, they were funny. Yeah. No, and you do bring up a lot of good points with that. Um, I like both those options. You know international as well as local short tracks i don't know as much about the local short tracks if they can make that work i'm sure they can but you know all about you know execution with that and getting things in place but i do like those ideas so we'll have to uh i guess we'll just have to wait and see i know they had a 90-day agreement with the clash to come back um this year i don't know what it is for next year so i'll have to wait and see i haven't heard anything about that so i guess we'll just keep our ear to the ground and see what happens with that. So, um, you ready to talk this week, I guess, uh, we kind of did, but we'll, uh, we'll get into what's all going on this weekend. Um, I do want to bring up one quick thing before we leave the California, uh, idea. So with the, with, with the future of auto club being in doubt, um, and with no race in SoCal possibility, do you think that it would be a better idea to run Sonoma during the West Coast swing? I know a lot of people want that. I'm going to say no, um, because honestly, it kind of comes down to what you were saying with the short tracks. I'd love to see, instead of Auto Club, maybe get an Irwindale or something else in there. Obviously, it's going to take a lot for that to happen, but, um, you know... I like Sonoma where it is. Steve Latart brought up the idea of going to Laguna Seca. And as much as I don't want another road course in there, if it's just for a year, 
maybe add that instead. Or maybe you can move Sonoma to the West Coast swing and then, um, you know, maybe interject Laguna Seca there. As far as logistics, I'm going to be honest with you, it doesn't make a whole bunch of sense just because Sonoma is higher, you know, more northern, where um, for that West Coast swing, it's kind of more, a little bit more centralized towards the, uh, you know, southern. But, I mean, it could. I know everybody wants to see a green Sonoma rather than a dead Sonoma during the summer. So that's just kind of how it works. It would be, would be, would be extremely different. Yeah, I mean, for those of you who don't know, if you don't live in Southern California, essentially during the winter, it's really, really green out here. And then during the summer, everything just dies because it's so dry out here. So that's why it's always so depressing looking in Sonoma around that time. So that's just that's just how it works around here. But yeah, um, I mean. And then before move we move, before we move on to this weekend, uh, one thought that. Uh, on the Dale Jr. download that Jr. and Steve Latart were talking about that I thought would be a pretty good idea to ask you. Uh, I'm a big endurance race fan. Uh, I love the 24-hour races, the 12 hours, 6 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, I not only run them on iRacing, I also uh, watch them intently. I watched every second of the 24 hours on TV this year. Um, I'm every sure second? My... Didn't fall asleep at all? Oh, no, no. I recorded that bad. I, I recorded Oh, all... okay. Listen. I wa- it took it took me I wa- I guess I watched it in a two day period. I, I did I did manage to finish it on Sunday. But yeah, I watched e- I watched every second of it. I I didn't uh, didn't miss a beat. Um would have been more impressive if you just Iron Man it through the whole thing. Was... I okay. Impressingly enough, I did make it to like four AM my time. Okay. So That's fair. From the drop of the green flag to four o'clock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. I'll give you that. So, that's... so I, I did make it. Well, that's past halfway, right? Twelve hours. Yeah, yeah. Twelve. Yeah, yeah. Did it start? No, it started. I don't know when it Three. started, but all right. So yeah. Third. Um. Two. Oh, sorry. Um. Yeah. So I did make. I did make it to four. So I was pretty impressed. I was pretty beat the next day at soccer practice at like eight a.m. with my daughter, but I yeah. made it. That's all that matters. Um. <clears throat> But as I that, found out as I get older, it's harder to do those 24 hours, those all-nighters. Yes, it is. Um, so what, I just want to – so just one thing real quick. So we did the 24-hour for Daytona on iRacing. So I thought it was a good idea because, again, I wanted to go to soccer practice on Sunday. So it is – so I'm trying to be – I have to be done by 8 a.m. So I run a triple stint at 2 a.m. Oh, to get you. me – Right, why, why, why? to get me, but I had to, I had to, I had to run all my stints basically in that point in time. So I had to run my, I had to run a triple stint. Then Nathan Velez got in the car for one stint, and then I ran another triple stint. You know, I was that... so tired, dude. Like, I know this is gonna sound funny because like I wasn't really doing anything. I was physically tired. My that... arms hurt. Yeah, I was, like, worn out. I literally got, like, 30 minutes of sleep, like, on the couch right here. And then I set my alarm, and I'm like, all right, got to get back up. And I'm like, why do I do this? I feel so bad. We had to, uh, you know, Carlos, we had to put him through that at one point, except it was, uh, I think, we had some issues, um, and I think he was the only one left, and he had to do the uh, the final eight hours of that. And, uh, yeah, I felt bad. We didn't even finish our full 24 hours this year. Um 
Carlos had bad food food poisoning, and uh, Katie, I think, just had no sleep. I was yeah. gonna take us to the the midway point, and then I kind of just binned it at some point. So I was like, <laughs> all right, whatever. But uh, that's funny. But yeah, it was uh going into the endurance question. I know that your question is gonna be: Is it a good idea to try maybe a cup race for twenty four hours? Um, not even not even like twenty four hours. Um, so they were talking about like six, twelve, twenty four with garage fifty six happening. Um, in Lamont, of course, I think it. I think you know everybody's looking forward to it. You know, seeing how the car performs, seeing how it does. But from what I'm hearing. It does seem like it's going to be rel- now uh in Lamar in Europe they're still running the GTEs um which are much faster than the GT3 cars but from what everything I'm hearing um and some of the lap times that they ran at Sebring they're actually pretty close to GT3 times um now mind you GT3s have uh interlock brake interlock brakes traction control and things like that I don't know if the Garage 56 has traction control or anti-lock brakes. I think it does, Uh, at least for the traction control, because I think I saw that on the the new steering wheel they have. Okay. I I, I figured they'd have traction control. I'm not sure about the anti-lock brakes. I'm assuming they do, um, just because it is... I don't know. That's a good question. I think that'll be one that I might look into after, uh, after uh, after the show here. Um... But they're running relatively close times to what a GT3 car runs around Sebring. Um, like it's a, it's within like a second, second and a half, which I think a little more work, and I think they'd easily close that gap, um, yeah. especially with like BOP and stuff like that. So, <clears throat> would it be possible? We're gonna go in two directions with this question. Okay. Uh, do you think that they? Do you think that NASCAR would say, okay, we are going to enter a cup car into the GT3 category for the Rolex, right? It's pretty close on time. Um, With BOP, all the cars can be adjusted anyways to be as equal to performance as can be. Um, Would you think it would be something that teams would jump onto? Like, say Toyota, say a Ford, having a cup car in the Rolex 24 in the 12 hours of Sebring, things like that. Um, if it was competitive with the GT3s, which are running in IMSA, um, and which are the future of sports car racing GT series-wise, we're getting away from GTE. Um, do you think that that is something that you would be interested in seeing and would maybe add a little bit more interest into endurance racing for you? It definitely would create, I wouldn't say more interest, but you know, for some other people, it'd probably create more interest. Um, it'd be definitely interesting to see how all that would work. Um, regarding your question about the teams, would they jump on it? I don't know that at this current time, obviously, I don't think that anybody would sign up for that. I think maybe in about five, ten years, when people start getting their arms more around this car, inventory starts coming up, people start getting into a better spot with this car. And obviously, it's not going to be the exact cup car that people are using. But um, once all that starts coming up, I don't see why we couldn't try that necessarily. Um, again, a lot of work would have to be done to that car to get it close. But I mean, we'll have to see how Lamar goes. But I mean, we're already what that car is two times faster than the cup car they have on track at the moment. Yeah. So 
I don't see why we couldn't give it a shot. We've already made that sort of progress on it. We might as well see how much further we can go with it, you know? So, um, for me, it would probably wouldn't create more interest. It would be very interesting to see, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see it at some point, but if, do I think we're close to that? No, I think give it maybe five, 10 years, we might be closer to saying yes on that. And when I say me, I mean the, the teams and the sanctioning body and stuff like that. Um, now, as far as my second part of this question, would you be interested if they added a six hour endurance race or a 12 hour endurance race to the NASCAR cup schedule? Um, so the two ways that I that I could see um, see it going down is if you have a four car team, you cut down to a two car team for the those events, and you pick what two drivers share the car. Um, so like if you're RCR, you only have a two car team. Kyle and Austin would share a car. Um, you know Hendrick four, you would switch who you want to be in in, in those race cars, um, or two. You hire, you know, outside sports car driver, thing like that to cover. Not a 24. 24, I think, is too long. Um, I think anything more than two drivers is kind of ridiculous um, for what I'm thinking in my head. But do you think that one, right, I know Junior talked about it. One, it's possible. Two, is it something that you would watch? So is it possible, I think... You know, obviously we'll have to see how the uh now are we talking just straight up the next gen car on track, no modifications to that? Well, you like not not like significant modifications that the uh garage fifty six car has. Headlights, tail lights, um, things like that to make it work make it during the night. Yeah. Okay. Um I mean <clears throat> I would watch it, of course. Um I don't know that because my envisionment of this and is going because I always think of Watkins Glen, the six hours at the Glen could give that a shot. You know, that's, I feel like anything more than six hours is probably going to be too much um, maybe to start out with. But I could see us going to Watkins Glen, maybe running a three or six hour race there. Um, what I'd like to see, though, if we're going to do that is maybe open the boot up, you know, let's see how the cars attack that area. Obviously, it's going to. I mean, it's going to lengthen the track a little bit. To what degree, I don't really know. But, um, you know, it'll give you some more stuff to watch in that regard. Um, the only question you'd have, though, is with the teams. Um, obviously, one driver is not going to go six hours on that. Could bring in another sports car driver. Could do what you said and maybe make it two teams. My question with that is how do you divvy out points? Is it who's ever in that car? Do they both just get the points? Um you know, it brings up a lot of questions, actually. So many, I got a lot going through my so, head with that question, but, um, um, so they would, they would get, so if it'd be this, it'd be the same way that it works now. So if, uh, say, say Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman win the race, right? They would each get the playoff points and they would each get, a playoff spot, they would get the maximum points. They win the race. And same way the rest of the field. If you win a stage, each driver wins a stage. Okay. 
So it is it is so, just giving it out to the whoever yeah, who's ever in yeah. that car, they both get points. So this is this is my ultimate this is my ultimate weekend. Okay. And this is what I kinda when Junior said that, I kind of planned it in my head. One of my favorite racetracks is Sebring. Um Sebring over is ran in March. It's the third week in March. Twelve hours of Sebring so, is in March? Yes, it is. I didn't realize it was so, that soon. I thought it was later. So my ultimate weekend as a race fan, um, when Junior brought this up, the first thing I thought of was uh, they run the 1,000 miles of Sebring on Friday, which is uh, the, you know, Lama. They come from uh, Europe and they run that on Friday. Saturday's a 12 hours of Sebring. What if on Sunday we ran the six hours? Six hour cup car. Yeah. Um, I see it. I think it's definitely something that would be interesting. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't see it happening anytime soon, like you said. But it does pique my interest. Yeah. Gives you something to think about as we move along with this car and, you know, its development, everything like that. I mean, it really opens up the door for a lot of possibilities. Obviously, with Garage 56, that's the main one. But then working off of that, you know, gives you some cool ideas for what else you can do with this car so yep. at this point the possibilities are endless i think it's just you know getting our arms around it getting more comfortable and, and yes parts, parts i think are the, are the biggest struggle i think <laughs> so yeah so but yeah i mean i think five ten years from now i don't think that would be the biggest surprise to me if we saw that type of event happen so um, I would open. I would welcome it with open arms. Maybe not a twelve-hour race, but I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say no to that. I would probably prefer it not go over six hours. Is what I would say. Yeah, I feel like you'd kind of bring back like the nostalgia of uh, like how the Coke Six Hundred used to be. You know, man versus machine. Yeah. To see who makes it and who doesn't. For sure. For sure. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's uh, let's just jump into Auto Club. What's happening this weekend? Um. Like I said, don't expect much to happen on Saturday, but the scheduled time for um, the Production Alliance Group 300 is, I'll tell you here in just a second, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, I don't hold much faith that that's going to happen. It's probably either going to run be run later in the night or on Sunday, which on Sunday, the Paula Casino 400 is scheduled for 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Um Happy to say I did see a billboard for that coming back from uh, The Clash. So that was kind of cool. But, uh, um, yeah, those are our two races. Um, we'll just get straight into to picks, Michael. Um, I'm not sure if you're ready. I'm ready, so I'm going to go. I'm picking Cole Custer for the Saturday race. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, oh, I, I saw that firsthand with that man did last year. I was like, yeah, he's, he's, oh, uh, he's going to win that race. Oh, oh crap! Ah, uh, yeah, I'm kind of in trouble here. Um, stole that right from under you. I like it. I see. I see that. Oh man, honestly, I don't even know now. Um, I don't think anybody who finished in the top five last year, other than Cole Custer, is even in the series anymore, are they? You're probably right. There's a lot of Might guys well. that moved on. Great. Um, 
All right, so I'm just going to throw it out there. Any of those JRM cars are probably going to get a top five, so if not the win. Not even. They couldn't even finish Daytona. Well, that's its own beast, so. Oh, man. Um, I have I have really stumped him with this one. I'm glad that I just said <laughs> Yeah, like, in all honesty, like, damn, like, he's going to win. Get some other guys in there, though. I mean, Kyle's not in it, but I mean, I don't know how much yeah, stock the other you put in Dillon. Justin Allgaier is the other car that came to mind. So I feel like Justin Allgaier can potentially win anywhere this season now that all the heavy hitters are gone. That is true. That is true. So could so could Brandon Jones. Like, we're, sure. we're dwindling. We're dwindling down. Um <clears throat> We're dwindling down who is actually in the race. So that is a good question. You really have just really screwed up my whole plan. You know that? (laughs) Derailed everything. (laughs) I love it. Derailed it. Oh man. Um I'm okay. If 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 he doesn't wreck, oh boy. I think I think. I got two options. Well, I should have three. I forgot Tyler Reddick is in the race. That's true. He'll be driving, what, the number 24 for Sam Hunt Racing? Yeah. Mm. I really... I can't pick Parker Kligerman this week because he was a naughty boy and made some really bonehead moves, so I got to give him a week. He's being punished before I can pick him again. I really want to pick... I'd pick Raja, but that's like a heart pick, not a real pick. <clears throat> okay. Ugh. Final answer. Who's it going to be? Sheldon Creed. Damn. Okay. So this these are my this are my three. This was what. So my 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 choices were John Hunter Nemechek. Okay, Tyler Reddick. Or uh, Justin Allgaier. Those are my three. But I I feel like Sheldon was Sheldon has been so close to winning if everything just goes correctly. Yeah. And I feel like this is an opportunity to where the cars will run far enough apart from each other. I just I I think I think that's a solid pick. Fair enough. <clears throat> All right. Well, we'll move on to Cup. I'm gonna go with the man who I'm wearing the hat for. Just because I, listen, man, I, I've been seeing the stuff that he's been doing with RCR, and I just feel like that first win is just going to come so quickly. I don't know how you feel, but I I have that feeling. I've I've seen it. I've listened to what happened. I, well, I watched and listened to, you know, the radio from them in the clash. I watched him in the clash, what he did. Obviously, that's a great assault, but just his comeback from that, what he did in the Daytona 500, lost the lap, came back from that, and just the speed that they've shown ever since he's gotten in that car. Everything is looking promising to me. So I'm going with, I can just put the first name now since the other one's not in the series anymore. I'm going with Kyle Busch for Sunday. Sunday, just, not Monday. You just fucking all shit up, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Okay, all right. So, plan B. Are you in the um, same... I'm just talking about Kyle here real quick. Are, are, do you feel the same thing I'm feeling at the moment with that team? Does it does it feel good to you? Or am I maybe making a little bit too much out of this? Um, I don't know. I, I think I, I agree with Denny. Um, we're not going to really know kind of where we're at until after the West Coast swing. Of course. Um, I'm not really so concerned with how we run at California because California is such an outlier. I guess so let me run, let me rephrase good, the question. Okay. Let me rephrase the question. Does this at least feel better than last year already? Yes. I, I'm more positive with the crew chief aspect of it wise. Uh, the biggest thing in the clash that I saw is that adjustments were made and the adjustments went too far. You know, whereas like last year, I felt like adjustments never were enough or never were good. Yeah. Um. So I feel like maybe Randall has a better handle on this type of adjustments for these cars. Um. I mean, they rolled out a backup at at uh, Daytona that still, still had the three car wrap underneath it and almost and almost won it. Um. Said he wasn't very good ends up leading the race so it must have got better through adjustments things like that um <clears throat> i think so far there's a pretty good chemistry i think as long as they don't hit a if they can start off with a top 10 um you know and lead into like top fives lead into a win or if they start off with a top five run really well um i think they'll be good i just don't know how they would start off if they had if they ran 20th you know what i'm saying yeah say say kyle runs 15th austin dillon runs 20th uh yeah it's gonna be kind of rough um yeah so i really think i'll be i'll be more curious to see how we run at phoenix um because even even if we don't even if the eight car doesn't run well at the big racetracks if we can run well at phoenix i think that uh, it, I think that we can run really well at the road courses, and then I think we can re- run really well at the other, uh, the other short tracks too. Um, in my opinion, I think the way you're going to win a championship in the next couple of years is by winning on those two racetracks. Uh, I don't yeah. think winning at a mile and a half is is nearly as important as being good on a short track. That's just that's my opinion. Fair um, so I think the track that I'm most curious about. I'm kind of curious about Las Vegas just to kind of see how the speed is. Um, but really, I'm paying attention to Phoenix. If we can go out there, qualify really good, top five, run top five all day, have a chance to win, lead some laps maybe, make adjustments to the car, get better. If we start fifth, if we start fifth and finish third on pace, that means we made good adjustments throughout the day. Um, so that means they're communicating well. The car has got better. It didn't just start off good and stayed okay, stayed where it's at. Um, yeah, I think if we if we finish top five, Phoenix, have a good day, make the car better than where it started, I think we'll have a really good year. Fair enough. All right, enough about Kyle. I'm taking the the hat off. No more uh, no more loyalty. All right. All right. Who, who um, you picking? Ah. Uh, oh boy. I, I can't pick. I can't pick Cole Custer there, can I? No. <laughs> Pick Ryan um, Priest, who arguably probably will give you, you know, 
the same, if not a better result. So, so the one person I want to pick is Eric Jones. But every time I picked that motherfucker last year, Kyle was winning the race and he crashed. So it's a new year. No, I'm not taking. <laughs> look, no, right. I've been burned. I've been burned twice. Not gonna happen. Um. <clears throat> so the person I want to go with used to drive the eight car. It'd be kind of weird, right? If I picked I mean, Tyler Reddick. He almost won there last year if he didn't just randomly throw it away. So, I know, but would it be weird if I picked him? No, that would probably be a very smart pick, actually. That would be. Hmm. Are we locking it in? I'm gonna go with Martin Truex Jr. <clears throat> Damn. Okay. Just uh, and I'm saying this as a complete joke, by the way. I'm just saying. You know, when people, when drivers tend to break things off with their significant others, they seem to do very well. Exhibit A is Denny Hamlin. Um, he uh, became a brand yeah, new I, man once he uh, left. Yeah, but I think they're back together now. I think they are. I don't really know the story with that. but That's that's why he didn't win the Daytona 500. That's true. Um, but yeah. yeah, Denny broke it off with Jordan. He became a brand new man. Uh, Martin broke it off with Sherry. And I'm just saying he won the clash. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, I think um, <clears throat> I was going to pick Tyler. I think Tyler is a better choice, honestly, than Martin. But I feel like Martin is a more guaranteed choice. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think Tyler has a reputation of not. He's like that crash or win guy. He either crashes or wins. Yep. Um, Which I think he'll get maybe, better about this year. But I, I, I do. I, I think he will. Um, but I still think that Martin Truex has a better chance of finishing the race for me. Um, yeah, but I hope he finishes second. Let me tell you, I hope he finishes second to the eight car. Fair enough. All right. Well, I think that's it. I don't know that we have any other racing going on this weekend. So, um, I think we'll, uh, we'll close it out. This one went a little bit long, but we do plan to have these, podcast shortened up quite a bit so next week shouldn't be as long just had a a little bit to cover so um well thank you for tuning in this week uh michael we'll let you close it out uh thank you guys so much for listening and watching make sure you hit that like and subscribe button it really will help us out um also if you want to catch us we are on spotify as well um but thank you guys so much for listening and watching the 500 mile podcast. And as always, um, we will be way more consistent this year. We'll see you um, this time next week. Uh, like you said, the show will be a little bit shorter. Uh, we changed the format a little bit. I think that it is a much better format. It lets you guys get to know our personalities a little bit more and the things that we care about as race fans. Um, and it also gives us the option for later on to maybe have your guys' opinions brought in as well. Um, so, as always, thank you, and hope you guys have a good night, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>